Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This week, we're excited to give you a preview of Sue's new homeopathy, pregnancy, birth, and beyond course. Stay tuned after this week's podcast to hear all about how you can get access to this course on her website. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy, Pregnancy, Birth, and Beyond. We are kicking off our birthing course with a story from my daughter, Angela. I really didn't know if I should get so personal as to have my daughter tell her story. And not that her story is more special than the other stories. It's just that the poor girl had such a rough time of it. So I asked her, I says, honey, could you, would you mind telling your story? She's like, no, mom, sure. Uh, like I said, we have, currently we have 31 grandbabies. Quinn was number 30. She was born a week before our last grandson. But we feel so blessed that our little Quinn is here safe and sound. And like I said, Angela's going to tell her story, so I don't want to put any preconceived ideas in there. But the the point is, is homeopathy, natural alternatives, they are yours for the taking. All you have to do is, is understand your choices, understand what you want, and what steps you're going to take to get there. Obviously, you can't foresee the future, but if you at least have an understanding of the goals you have in mind, then trust me, it can happen for you. And I'm so, like I said, I'm so proud. And you're going to hear, it's kind of funny because there's a, everybody has their own stage, you know, you're living, you're going through a situation and it's what you're going through. My story, if I would have told the parallel story to what Angela's telling, my story would have been a little bit different because as the grandma, as Angela's mother, I've seen things slightly different. I have to admit, she told this story so well. And yes, her facts are accurate. But I would have added a few a few more details, but, but I'm not going to even taint her story because it's so well told. And like I said, her facts are very accurate. And you have to remember that kids are kids. She's a young woman. I think at the time of this telling, she's now 24. And she, her and her husband, they needed to do things their way. And as a parent, you have to let your children do the things they want to do. And I, I can honestly say that she did not keep me informed as after, you know, when she was growing up, you know, kids leave home. They don't tell you everything. They don't, hey, mom, here's my latest health report. You know, they don't say stuff like that. So you don't keep tabs on your kids the way you would, maybe would want to or <laughs> should. And I um, I don't know. I, I guess, and I, I knew she had older sisters that she could talk to. So I, I didn't, I didn't pry, so to speak. As it turns out, she didn't talk to her older sisters. Uh, she was very close to her husband, and he's kind of in the health field, so she had him to talk to, but still, you know, it's keep those doors open, but don't pry. And I, I guess when she started having problems, and when I found out she was having problems, I felt really bad. I felt bad because 
I kind of suspected, but I didn't want to overstep my bounds as a mom. So just kind of keep that in mind, like when you listen to her story, because it's, oh, it's kind of heart wrenching to hear it as, as the parent. And yeah, everybody thinks, oh, Sue, you know, she has the answer to everything. Well, she doesn't. She's also a mom and she's also a grandma. And when it gets that personal, it's sometimes it, it's a little more difficult. So you, like I said, you have to have the end ideal in focus so that you can talk to others call upon others you trust, say, hey, this is what we want. How do we get there? And like I said, we were blessed to have a wonderful cranial sacral therapist in our life and a wonderful midwife. And she's now retiring, so I feel really bad. But she's training others to take her place. So I just, I'm very happy that Angela was was blessed to have the things in her life that she did and that she was smart enough. You know, and I... You don't you don't just sit there and harp your kids and say you got to be smart when you grow up. You got to think outside the box. But trust me, they're watching you. They might not want your advice. They might not want to use all the homeopathy or the natural stuff that you're using right now. But when push comes to shove and they're backed up against the wall, they're going to say, "Hey, mom, what was that you said?" And they're going to ask for the help. So just just like I said, keep it in mind they are watching you. They might not be listening, but they're watching everything you do. And it's kind of a slap in the face when you remember that when they they get mad and stomp out the room (laughs) it's like oh my goodness that looks like me (laughs) just so just remember that you know like I said it's none of us are saints none of us are perfect all you can do is every single day try try to do what you know God wants you to do try to be charitable try to have kind thoughts try to be strong and healthy yourself so that others can say, hey, I want that too. So that they can deny themselves or whatever else the the world is throwing at us and just be a happy person. So with that, I am going to give you the story that tugs at my heartstrings and makes me thankful for homeopathy and the goodness that God has brought into my life through other people. Here we go. Here's Angela. Hi everyone, I'm Angela, and this is going to be a story about my birth, my pregnancy, a little before my pregnancy, and it's quite the story. My main goal here today is just is to be able to help anyone who's seeking a more natural alternative to be able to carry a child a full term to if their goal is to have a healthy baby I can help with natural birth for starters my husband and I we were we got married when we were pretty young I was 19 years old he was just short of turning 22 and I mean we were just kids but we were in love and it just worked anyways we had been married for a couple years and we were just kind of it was non-stop work it was just work 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 and then he was going to school at the time and so honestly kids weren't our top goal at the time it was basically just finishing school and getting a good job and getting that security um, so that when we did bring a family into the world we would be ready so we didn't really do anything to avoid getting pregnant. It was kind of one of those things where it was, you know, if it happened, it happened. But I did just pray and ask God to give us a child when we were ready for one. And so, like I said, a couple years went by, nothing. I didn't even get pregnant. That was okay because, like I said, we weren't ready. And honestly, this time was going by so fast, so we didn't really even stop to think about it. But something was I'm on my mind all the time um, since I was... Around 17, I had begun to feel some pelvic pain. And at this time, my periods had started 
coming and going off schedule and they were getting more painful. The flow was getting more heavy, uh, more blood clots. And at this time, I had started getting bloody noses and they would start probably seven days before I would get my cycle. And these bloody noses were just crazy. It was blood clots. Sometimes I felt like I would lose a pint of blood. Yes, that sounds excessive, but I, I would bleed up to an hour. So along with the bloody noses and the pelvic pain and the severe cramping during my cycle, I also had troubles with intimacy, being with my husband. Intercourse had become pretty painful and sadly I didn't think anything of it because nothing like this had ever come up in my family and so I didn't know how to really register it or do anything about it and unfortunately it was painful probably 95% of the time. I did notice a pattern that when I was ovulating it wasn't quite as bad but even then it was you know I <laughs> TMI but um I could you know it was only a few minutes before I would start getting really sore and um things would have to end. <laughs> Anyways um so sadly I went on for a few years like this and at one point it was just my breaking point and I just broke down in tears one night and I said I couldn't do it anymore. It was just getting too hard and I knew I knew that something was wrong and that it shouldn't it shouldn't hurt. Anyways, and then at the at the same time everything just kinda hit me. It was like a brick wall. I was like it's a little strange to me that I have been married three and a half years and I've never been pregnant, uh, that I know of. And um if I was pregnant, then of course I did miscarry, but like I said, I'm not 100% sure if I ever went through something like that. It just, it was just strange to me, because honestly, five of my sisters have been married before me, and they're having child after child after child, and as far as I know, none of them really had any major complications or anything like that. So anyways, it was just kind of, it just became all strange to me, and at this time, I guess I was having pretty big baby fever. I just all of a sudden wanted to have a child with my husband and I was ready to just have one of my own and um, so I did make an appointment with a specialist. When I went in to see him I described all of my symptoms and going back I did actually develop an ovarian cyst and this is kind of out of the blue and everything like that. I'm sorry about that. But anyways I did develop an ovarian cyst probably a half a year before this and I actually didn't know about it. I was in some sort of abdo lower abdominal pain, but again, I didn't think anything of it. And I actually got thrown from a horse, and when I went in and got um, a couple scans done, the doctor had discovered that I had an ovarian cyst, and it was probably about five centimeters large, and he did recommend to surgically remove it. Um, otherwise, he did say that they do have a tendency to disappear on their own. And so instead of going the surgical way, I did take a couple homeopathic remedies and some time passed and the pain had reduced. And sure enough, when I did go in to see the specialist, he said that the ovarian cyst was gone. Um, they did a, um, an internal ultrasound and an external just to make sure everything was okay. It did look like there was some tissue in there that might have been causing the pain that I was having at that time but um all in all it was gone which is which is good um so in the same appointment with my OBGYN he 
gathered all the information that I was telling him about the pelvic pain and the heavy periods, the problems with intercourse and all that stuff. And his diagnosis was that I had endometriosis. He said that I was probably having um, troubles getting pregnant because of that. So I honestly didn't really know what endometriosis was and so I was just like oh okay and he was just kind of giving off this sad vibe that you know and he was he was giving me his condolences and everything like that and I'm like why why what's wrong with me and honestly before he could explain everything to me he was called out to a birth and so we never really got down to the details and so he said go home and and I want you to read up on this he he gave me a site to read up on it but whatever and then um he said and then he told me to make an appointment with him um because he wanted to see me the following week to to explain everything and discuss a treatment plan anyways so in the meantime he did give me a prescription for some antibiotics and sadly I don't remember the name of them but it was just kind of one of those he said antibiotics and now my brain just kind of shut down because I hadn't had I hadn't been given antibiotics since I was a baby and it was something that my family had chose um to not be on anymore because when we found homeopathy it was an alternative it was a better alternative um it was a healing alternative because all antibiotics do is just kind of suppress things for a while and then it comes back possibly even more severe so I did ask him about the antibiotics and I asked him why he wanted me to go on them what what they would do for me and it was just kind of a routine for him he was just like this is just what we do when someone is in this predicament and um so he's like it'll just kind of suppress some of your symptoms and kind of help you get back on track and you know, all the good stuff that doctors say about antibiotics, and I was just like, okay, um, that won't be necessary. I would like to go home and read more about it and kind of discuss with my homeopathy doctor what she thinks I should do, and so anyways, I did go home, and I read about endometriosis, and uh, emotions hit, tears hit. I had no idea that it was, it was what it was, so at this time, I was put on a couple of remedies and they did help me <laughs> and before I could even make but at this time I do want you guys to know that I had been waiting three and a half years wondering about what a family would be like for my husband and I and now at this time knowing that I had endometriosis and that there were so many opportunities for me to get pregnant and I didn't that there was a very good chance that I would never have a family that Keith would be my only family and I did cry about it but it wasn't an angry cry it was just like I had just had to learn how to comprehend with my news and honestly I was ready to I was hopeful to have a baby but I was ready to not have one and I was I just thank God for giving me the husband that he did give me because I loved him so much and that it, I mean if I didn't we didn't have a baby it would be okay I mean it's not meant for everyone and so these are all the things that are going that are going through my mind while I'm taking this remedy that Sue Meyer gave me and over the next few days I did have some aggravation it was just my symptoms had got a little worse but but then it didn't take long before things started getting better and I started feeling better I wasn't as emotional 
and my pelvic and abdominal pain was kind of going away and I was getting more energy and the nosebleed stopped. My periods were normal, which was weird. Um, this all happened honestly within a couple of weeks and it was amazing. I was feeling amazing. <laughs> and anywho, before I could even make another appointment to follow up with my um, OBGYN, I had become very tired again and I didn't have much ambition to do anything but to get out of bed, go to work, and then go back home and go to sleep. I was extremely tired. A couple of weeks had passed. I realized that I was late for my period, which wasn't unusual for me. At this time, I was probably seven days late. But like I said, it wasn't unusual. But I wasn't getting any of the symptoms that I usually get before my period comes. I was nothing but very fatigued. And um, probably another week went by. Um, I was at work one day and I've just felt something come over me. I don't know what it was, but I realized that I was no longer in pain. So I didn't know what was going on. So I did call my mom, Sue Meyer, and I had told her what was going on. She's like, oh, it's, it's amazing. And I have a couple other things I want you to try and we're going to get you back on track, you know, and I just know you're supposed to have a baby and we're going to do it. And oh, and I just felt this sense of relief. And when she said baby, I'm like, mm-hmm, I have to go mom. Mm-hmm. And oh, I, I knew it. I knew at that second, the second that she said baby, oh, I just knew it. And I ran, I ran to the store and I bought a pregnancy test, my very first pregnancy, the test that I ever bought. And I went home and I put it under my sink and it sat there for two days because I was, for some reason, oh, I was so nervous. I mean, three and a half years went by and oh, I'll just, it all hit me quickly. And so I wasn't quite ready, um, but I knew what it was going to say. Anyways, so it was a Tuesday morning and I don't know why, but I woke up and I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to know. Luckily, my husband was home that day because I didn't want to do it without him. Anywho, so I went in the bathroom and took the test, and it was the longest two minutes of my life waiting, waiting to look at the test, and I looked at it. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't even explain the way I felt. Um, scared and excited, but I was pregnant. Oh, the tears, the nervous tears, the happy tears, the what the heck is happening tears. It was all amazing because a few weeks before that I was told I would probably never have a baby and I was in extreme pain and everything and it was just all gone and uh, this baby was inside of me. <laughs> so it probably took me about a good 15 minutes to come out of the bathroom and um, I showed my husband the test and his face just got red and his eyes filled with tears and it was just so out of the blue because we weren't we weren't trying for a baby so it was a huge surprise um so after that um a few weeks went by and I finally seen uh, my sisters and my mom in person and I couldn't wait to tell them <laughs> but they already knew because they could just tell by the way I blew my eyes and the expression on my face and it was oh it was amazing um so when I talked to them, they helped me do the math and everything, and we found out that I was actually almost seven weeks long, which was amazing. So I just kind of went on with life. I was feeling really good. I was really tired, but there was a lot of ambition and just excitement going on that it kept me going. I was going to work every day, and I was currently working at a horse ranch. And I was probably working five or six days a week, and it was very physically demanding work. I would be cleaning stalls and bringing horses out and lifting heavy things, but they say before you're pregnant, 
and you're working out the way you do, you can do all the things that you were doing before you were pregnant. And so I was taking it easy, but I was I was feeling I was feeling just fine. So anyways, um I was really tired one I was probably um eleven weeks alone at this point. I was really tired one day after work and I went home and I actually fell asleep on the floor. It was no big deal, but when I woke up, my left, I was laying on my back and my left foot was turned out. And when I brought it back in, it pinched my sciatic nerve on my left side. And oh, it hurt so bad. Unresponsible. I didn't do anything about it. I did have my husband stretch it, massage it, and that did help it quite a bit. But keep in mind, if you ever hurt yourself, especially in the pelvic area, the hips or anything, while you're pregnant, get it checked out right away because your pelvic and your hips are going to be adjusting constantly to make room for a baby. It didn't, it didn't register my mind that everything should be perfectly aligned with my body while I'm going through this process. So I just carried on. Um, this became a problem later on in my pregnancy. I'll talk more about it as we go further in law. So I had a pinched sciatic nerve, and then a couple weeks after that, so I was right around 13 or 14 weeks, I developed a yeast infection. Now, yeast infections weren't scarce with me. I had had two yeast infections before getting pregnant, and so it wasn't like a huge surprise to me. So at the time, I developed a yeast infection, and in the past, I just treated it with monostat, and honestly, it never got rid of my symptoms. It just subsided them for a while. But sadly, when you do get a yeast infection, you're prone to getting them uh, very easily. Um, So anyways, I did not treat this yeast infection with monostat. I wanted to keep it as natural as possible because I didn't want to risk getting any chemicals or anything like that towards my baby, and so... I did. I cleansed myself with um, a douche every other day, and I took probiotics and everything like that. But the bacteria was so strong, it was just fighting against everything. And sadly, I went on with this yeast infection for quite a, I don't know, four or five weeks. And it was just awful. It affected everything. It affected my skin. I had brown and white spots all underneath my arms and my armpits. Um, my skin became severely dry. Um, st- <sighs> horrible stomach pain. It was really hard to eat anything because everything just acted like acid inside my stomach, which is all symptoms related to yeast infections. Um, at my 20-week doctor's appointment, I went in. I told them about the yeast infection, and they prescribed monostat to me. I didn't go on it because I Again, I told them I was uncomfortable with putting, inserting anything inside of me that had those type of uh, chemicals and just icky stuff in them. So I did try a couple more natural things, but like I said, the yeast infection was so strong that it was just fighting against anything and everything. Um, my 20-week doctor appointment, everything was fine. The heartbeat was fine. The baby was good. I was growing just fine. Um, so everything seemed good there. And then at 24 weeks... I did have a doctor's appointment the morning before. I don't know why, but everything just hit me. My hip, the sciatic, the pinched nerve I mentioned, um, my hip started really bothering me. And now it wasn't just a nerve thing. I could feel my bones. I could feel my body literally just coming unaligned. It just felt like I didn't have room for my baby. So I woke up that morning and I did go to the bathroom. I noticed there was some splat spotting. Um... So, and that was the first time I had spotted during my pregnancy, so it really did, it scared me. I was just like, what's going on? Let's see here. So the hip thing and the spotting, 
I just felt really uneasy and so when I went in I did like I said I had an appointment that morning I got in to see him he had um, examined me and he had told me that the yeast infection was extremely severe that we needed to nip it in the butt but again he he just prescribed malastat which I know is just something to relieve the symptoms and I needed something to get rid of it but his biggest concern was the spotting. When he examined me, he said that my cervix was beginning to thin and the cramping pain that I was having were mild contractions. And before he gave me any final diagnosis, he had me in for an ultrasound. Um, they measured my cervix and it was it was too short at the time. I, don't, I think it was 3.1, which was too short for 24 weeks. And it was thin. My contractions, my fluids were low, and after they had finished the ultrasound, I went back to the examination room, and he told me that my body was getting ready to go into labor. He said, forget about the yeast infection, forget about everything. He's like, you need to get on bed rest ASAP. I was like, what, what is happening? No one was with me at the time. I was by myself. I didn't know how to intake anything he was saying because, again, this has never happened in my family, and you don't think that something like this can happen to you. So when he was telling me, I didn't, I had no idea what to do. So he said, he said my body was contracting, and he gave me two shots of progesterone to stop my body from contracting and the problem with that was my progesterone levels were normal they were actually great and so when he gave me those progesterone levels it threw my whole entire body out of whack and all my hormones just completely haywire and I just I, to this day I don't know why he didn't wait for my actual levels my my blood tests to come back before he gave me those shots he just gave them to me which I, I just I didn't know what was going on I I didn't know anything and and so he gave me the shots and he sent me home. He yep, he said within 2 weeks there's a high chance that we're going to have to deliver this baby. And um oh my gosh, I just I knew about preterm babies, but I didn't know enough. I just knew that babies aren't meant to come out at 25 weeks. They aren't meant to be in NICUs, and this isn't how this was supposed to go for me and my child. So he sent me home, and I probably cried about 10 minutes, and I called my mom, and I told her what was going on. She said, this is, this is not how this is going to happen. She's like, we're going to take care of you. And so she hung up the phone, and I just sat there, and I, I waited for her to come, and she came, and we put a plan together. I will tell you guys the next phase as soon as I come back. Thank you. Learn about gentle yet powerful homeopathic remedies that can support and empower you in your journey from pregnancy, childbirth, and beyond. Join Sue Meyer for her new course, Homeopathy, Pregnancy, Birth, and Beyond. Sue shares helpful homeopathic remedies and other experiences that she's learned from her life as a mom of 11 children and 33 grandchildren. Topics include tongue ties, breastfeeding, morning sickness, teething pain, postpartum depression, fatigue during pregnancy, the vitamin K shot, jaundice, mastitis, remedies for dad, and so much more. In this course, Sue's included some exciting bonuses, special interviews with a midwife and a doula, amazing birth stories from special speakers, special training sessions on essential oils for pregnancy and childbirth, 
and special coupons for kits and supplements mentioned in this training. Get immediate access to this course today at courses.homeopathyformommies.com forward slash birth course. Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.